What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the New York 20. I'm John. And I am Tom, and we're joining you today from scenic John's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Very scenic indeed. Uh, Real quick, obviously, Jets over the Falcons on Monday Night Football a couple days ago. The Giants, still terrible. Uh, A couple things to get to around the NFL. And, of course, uh, as usual, some MLB stuff because the season never ends. And uh, we're going to start right there with the Jets because we are elated Holy crap. Holy crap. The Jets beat the Falcons in a primetime game. Tom, what do you want to say? All right. So I've been doing this for a long time, watching the Jets and getting disappointed. And this is the high (laughs) point. This is the point where you get really excited and start to talk yourself into, hey, they might be pretty good, guys. You know? No, there are different levels of pretty good. They can be pretty good and just miss the playoffs. They can be pretty good and make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Or they can be pretty good and win a couple games in the playoffs and then lose. Right. So we're still trying to figure out what level the Jets are going to be at. Right. But it's still, this is the time, you don't you don't think about that. You forget all of those eventualities of the situation. And you're like, hey, maybe we found ourselves a franchise quarterback. That's very true. Gino had a hell of a game. He was actually named AFC Player of the Week. Which is a little, I think they might have retired Peyton Manning's chance to win the award. Yeah, well, he, he had won it. I looked it up. He had won it four billion other times. Yeah. So they were like, we can't give it to him again. Uh, no, we'll get into that a bit later. But Gino had a hell of a game. Yeah. Obviously his best game as a pro. Uh, turnover free. Which I think really, it was the big thing in the game, and I really think that that may have sealed the deal for the award. Uh, You know, Peyton did throw that one pick, which I know is nitpicking, no pun intended, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. But Gino had a hell of a game, and I think the one thing that you have to look at is the fact that he was able to put away the things that he did last week that were bad and move forward. Learn from them and move forward. He protected the football on some runs, which he failed to do. He showed great pocket presence in when to tuck it down and run, you know, when to stay in, take a hit, and when to take a sack and not try to do too much. And I think... Throw behind the back pass like Gary Payton. Exactly. Like, it was some kind of weird, like, N1 mixtape football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, but listen, Gino, obviously you can't say enough good things about him. And this was the first game collectively that the Jets have won where you say, you know what, I know that the Falcons were, you know, one and three coming into the day, but they played a good team and they outplayed them and they certainly deserve to win. Yeah, that's big. It's uh, it's an interesting spot they find themselves in. I think, obviously, as fans, you get a little excited about things like this, but they, they played a perfect game right. to go and win on the road on Monday night against Atlanta. It was a very talented team, albeit struggling. Right. Are they going to play a perfect game every year for the rest of the season? Absolutely not. Are they going to play a perfect <laughs> game on Sunday? I don't even know about that. Probably not. Dick LeBeau is a great defensive coordinator, and for all their struggles, a guy like that can certainly confuse a rookie quarterback. So mm-hmm. I'm a little anxious about Sunday against Pittsburgh. But the fact that they were able to do it on that stage is going to go a long way to building confidence in that team. So you take it as a positive, and I think you, you're absolutely right. You know, Getting the, um, the mistakes corrected, at least for a week, is big. That's a sign that there's there's marked improvement from him, mm-hmm. which the, you didn't always see from Sanchez. You know, Sanchez no. would go and make the same mistake three weeks in a row before correcting it because he played a worse team and it never became an issue. Right, if ever, yeah. really. And we talked about this at length, you know, uh, on game day. We were together watching the game right here in the scenic confines of the yeah, basement. And uh, <laughs> No, but we talked about it at length, and it was like, you know what? Sanchez has never grown up from some of those mistakes. And obviously that's what you call regression, and, and it's fine. But you know what? You, you look at the difference of team 
you know, with Geno Smith now in his rookie year versus Sanchez in his rookie year. And Sanchez was put in place to be kind of the caretaker. Like, hey, you know what? This team is going to be pretty good. There's a lot of veterans. Hey, rookie, don't screw it up. And I think that that hurt his development later on. You know, year three, when they were like, hey, here's the keys to the city, it was like almost year one for him because he's doing all kinds of things that he never had the chance to do before. You know, open up the offense, lead the offense, and he couldn't do it. And you know what? So there was marked regression there, definitely, but he never learned from those mistakes year three, week to week, into year four, and that's why we're looking at a new quarterback situation, you know, the injury notwithstanding. Yeah. It goes back, I think, too, to the uh, the don't use the wristband argument from a little bit earlier in the week after he struggled. Right. Uh, Morningway kind of, I mean, behind the scenes, obviously, but it seemed like he axed the, you know, the red, yellow, green thing that, that Brian had used for Sanchez and said, mm-hmm. no, let him play quarterback. I think right. that goes to the same mentality. You know, you said, no, screw it. We're going to double down on this. We're going to say, all right, we're going to be confident in you. You're going to go and do your thing, and you're going to bounce back. And that confidence went and paid off for him in a big mm-hmm. way. And I think that type of baby and your coddling of Sanchez is, is exactly what you're saying. It goes yep. back to the way he played. So it's an interesting take. I think the philosophy, I think, is helped a lot by a guy like uh, Morningway being in charge. Right. I could definitely agree with that, and I, I think that if you look at it, if you look at you know the, the the coaching and the front office people, obviously some people were here for the Sanchez situation and the way he was handled, mm-hmm. and they can only learn from it and move forward. The other people who are new to the situation were brought in because the handling of Sanchez failed and people lost their jobs, mm-hmm. so they have to be cognizant of it as well. And you know, I think you said it on on Monday night. They're playing with the house's money right now. Nobody thought the Jets were going to be in this position, you know, three and two after five games. I didn't think, I thought they were going to lose by 30 points on Monday night. Yeah. Be completely honest with you, so full I. disclosure. I took, I took the Falcons in my knockout pool. I- <laughs> <laughs> Which is blasphemy as yeah. Jet fans, I yeah. know. But I'm right there with you. So, you know, every week it's, it's, it's another game, it's another opportunity. And when you come in, Pick 32nd in the power rankings. I know that that's nonsense. I know that that's uh, mumbo-jumbo on on the worldwide leader and stuff like that. But it's bulletin board material. And you know what? If you finish 32nd in the league and you're the worst team in football, you didn't surprise anybody. And you didn't upset anybody. And you didn't let anybody down. So... Anything you do that's better than that is already exceeding expectations. So when Gino goes out and, you know, in week one and he has an up and down game, but you know what? He quasi leads a drive at the end of the game and wins. It's like, okay, we could take some positives from that. You play a bad team in Buffalo and you blow them out and you do a good job and Gino has a good game pretty much. You take some positives from that. But at the same time, when he lays up a stinker in Tennessee, you're like, nah. I kind of expected that. Yeah. So then when you follow that up with Monday night, it's like, whoa, did we find a quarterback? Now, I don't know which extreme is better. They're probably both a little, you know, iffy to kind of lean on. But it's, you can be middle of the road. You can be an eight and eight team. You can be a seven and nine team and still call it a successful season based on the way it looked before the season started. Yeah. I think the Giants right now would kill for seven and nine the way they've played. Oh, so. my God, the Giants would kill for yeah, yeah seven and seven nine. nine sign you up, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, touch real quick on. Uh, well, first I'll, I'll just talk about. I, I agree. I think it's a little extreme on both sides of the coin, right? Right. 
the media went way too far in the negative after a bad game from a rookie, and I think they're probably going a little too far in the positive on the positive side of the rookie. Like, Absolutely. You know, as I kind of said, as perfect a game as that was, that's not going to happen every week. So uh, you, you temper your expectations. The Jets aren't going to go and finish 14-2. and two. Right. You know, like, let's, let's roll it back a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. see how they bounce back. A tough week, right? At home, but on a short week against Hebel coming off a bye that's 0-4, and, and it's a prideful group that has been successful in the past. They right. have a quarterback. They have Palomalu. They have a coordinator on defense. So they have a coach in Tomlin. Yeah, they're going to be a tough play this week, and, you know, we'll see how they bounce back. This is mm-hmm. now another good test for Smith. But um, I think we've kind of hammered that point into the ground. So just sort of shifting gears a little bit to the Sanchez thing, obviously that's a huge, huge story in the, in the, um, the market right now, but it, it is what it is. You know, Sanchez right. went, he got hurt. Geno Smith's got the job. He kind of ran with it anyway. If Sanchez was going to be ready by week eight, I don't think there was any chance in hell he would have been playing in week Yeah, eight. I mean, you know what? I saw all these teases on the news last night after uh, the story broke that he got the surgery. And it was like, has Sanchez played his last game as a Jet? Yes! Yeah, yes, he has yeah. played his last game as a Jet. He played his last game as a Jet the day he got hurt. Yeah. The day they decided to put him on IR, it was over. Yep. They were cutting him at the end of this season regardless of what Geno Smith did. Yeah. The only thing that he could have done to save his job, his Jets starting quarterback job, was to win the job in the preseason and exceed everybody's expectations and, you know, lead the Jets to a, a very respectable, probably even more so than that because of the, the negative history around him yeah. kind of year. And now, I mean, it's not fair for him because he didn't get the opportunity to do that. But he didn't get the opportunity to do that. So you can close the book on Sanchez. And he seems like he's a nice guy. And I hope he gets a chance to play somewhere else. And I think he will. He will. But he has played his last game as a Jet. I mean, come on. Yeah, there's no question. Especially with the the way the defense is set up. And the way, you know, like, the team is building towards another direction right now. So clearly he's not going to be involved. Just the salary cap hit alone dictates that. (laughs) Right. I think it's a shame a little bit as to what happened, but obviously now you get to see Smith do what he's going to do, and you know maybe he turns into your starting quarterback. But I, a part of me says Sanchez could very well be four and one right now if he was the starting quarterback. You it's know, true. You, you look at the New England game, the, the New England game especially. Yep. I think you know the Tennessee game was a lot of rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. Look, Sanchez makes his mistakes. You know, don't get me wrong, right. but. I think he knows enough to, you know, to be successful. And the offensive line is much better. The running game is much better. The defense is much better, you know, from a a pass rush standpoint. Mm -hmm. He could very well have put the Jets in the same, if not a better position. But that goes out the window. As far as everybody else is concerned, the last thing they're going to remember of Mark Sanchez is, you know, the butt fumble season, the T-ball season, all that stuff. And that's how, which is kind of a shame, you know. It is. He had a it is good run because there are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah. That don't have four playoff victories on the road. Yeah. I mean, I'm, well, I'm just sure about every one of them except for Sanchez <laughs> and Joe Flacco don't have that. So right. That's what I'm saying. Every Hall of Fame quarterback right. doesn't have that to their resume. And, and sure, a lot of it is because those teams are usually exceedingly good and they don't yeah. play that many road playoff games. But it's Fine. hard to do. Yeah. So you know, you got to give Sanchez some credit. And I think he's been given a bit of a raw deal, mm-hmm. and I think that he does have the talent to play in this league. I think so. So I think he will get another job. You know, he'll probably. Go Go to a place like, you know, Minnesota that's got a quarterback situation in flux and, you know, maybe it'll be a straight competition or maybe he'll go there as a backup. But I think the cream will rise to the top and I think Sanchez will get another shot somewhere. Yeah, I think he'd be a good fit in uh, Arizona if they have a Larry Fitzgerald type. Right. 
I think Minnesota just took a shot with Josh Freeman, so I don't know right. if they'll roll the dice with the Sanchez, who is Josh Freeman, you know, junior. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, the I was just throwing the, the Vikings yeah. out there as a team that has a very strong running game, yeah. which I think is great because Sanchez plays off of the play action so much, and yeah. you can take the pressure off of him. Like, a guy like Adrian Peterson would be his best friend. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Arizona is He's a possible spot. never had somebody as good as Larry Fitzgerald to throw to. Like, also he true. He did really well with Holmes and Braylon Edwards. If he had a guy like Fitzgerald, like, that would help him, right? Uh, anywhere in California, I could see him playing, you know, mm-hmm. going to, um, you know, Oakland or something like that. Right. Well, they seem to have maybe have a quarterback now, too. I yeah. know the jury's still a little out, but that's possible. We'll you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. But you see what happens with him, obviously. And uh, I think he deserves a shot. We'll see. We'll see how he bounces back. Uh, another big story out of the game was uh, Julio Jones. Uh, right. I strictly think about this from a fantasy football perspective. Uh, you know, I couldn't <laughs> care less about the Atlanta Falcons or, I guess... I care about them in as much as I care about the Saints, who are my fake football team this year. True. Uh, so that's good for you in that front. I'll take that. And I also have Roddy White as my fantasy football receiver, so now he gets more looks. Right. He'll, he has to be healthy, too. That's, that's the thing. He's a little banged true, up. But he's not out for the season, which helps. Right. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how did he get hurt and why? I didn't see it. So maybe I he see... just gave up? I don't know. I mean, I know they were saying he's a little fatigued and yeah. he came off the field a little bit. But then he went back. And played and played well. And yeah. usually it's not like, oh, you finished the game on the field with your teammates, but now you're done for the year. It's yeah. very strange. I feel like, uh, I don't know if you saw the replacements, but there was that scene where the kicker had money bet against the team. Yeah. And they, you know, he had to miss a kick or something. Um, I think maybe he bet a lot of money against the Jets or against, you know, you know on his team to beat the Jets. Right. And when that didn't come through, the bookies might have been like, yeah, you know what? You're not playing the rest of the season. That's, you know, and, that's very possible. And now he's sitting there. But th- that's my wild theory, if possible. Um, and I won't go too much into my fantasy football team because nobody wants to hear about anybody's fantasy football team. It's one of the most boring topics oh, my that God. get into. Yeah, please. Please but, don't uh, do that. Kind of shocking, I think, you know, to, to have a guy like his of his caliber go down. The Falcons were supposed to be a Super Bowl contender, and now they're kind yeah. of, eh, you know. They're, they're, I mean, listen, the Saints are running away with that division. I yeah. mean, when you're... Five and zero, and the other team is one and four. That's a lot of catching up to do. So you're looking at already. We're not even at Columbus Day, and their best hope of making the playoffs is a wild card team already. Yeah, Yeah, they're not making four games on the Saints. Exactly, it's not going to happen. So um, speaking of teams that aren't making up any ground anytime soon, can we move on to the Giants? I kind of want to talk about the Giants. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to I tried to like figure out why because I haven't watched a ton of the games. I just kind of keep getting score updates like, hey, they're losing. And, oh, they came back. They lost though. Yeah, you know they tried. <laughs> oh, they're winning for a minute. It's the fourth quarter. No, they lost again. Um, things that jump out to me: they're allowing the most points in the league. Yeah, that problem. That's a really bad place to start. I'm told that's a problem. <laughs> that's bad, right? Yeah. So you hear a lot about Eli and the offensive line, all that. And all that's true. That's fine. Running mm-hmm. game, all those things. You're allowing the most points in the league. You can't do that if you want to win, right? You're 0-5 and you're trying to bounce back. You can't just give up points to everybody at will. Yeah, that's so true. That's off turnovers, that's whatever, blah, 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 excuse, excuse. You are what your record says you are, right. according to the late, great Bill Parcells. You just call him late? <laughs> yeah, that's what that means, right? He's old? Yeah. <laughs> sure, he's later in life, let's yeah, say that. Bill Bill Parcells, to our knowledge, has not died since yeah. this podcast has started. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how things like that work. But... 
you are what your record says you are, and a really, really big part of that, everything else aside, the defense has not played well. That's supposed to be a strength of this team. Yeah, That's and the, the D-line. Yeah, and whoever else, the whatever D-line specific- they have on their defensive line. <laughs> the D-line specifically looks terrible. I mean, yeah. Justin Tuck doesn't look like the same person. Yep. JPP hasn't been the same. I'm not even sure Matthias Kiwanuk is still on the team. Yeah. Because I haven't heard his name mentioned at all, positively or negatively. I found out Monday that O.C. Yuminura is not on the team anymore because he's <laughs> yeah. back the Jets twice. Yeah, he's on the Falcons now. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, listen, I know that they had pass rush for days and, and it was probably the right move. It's that kind of, you know, uh, uh, forward-thinking football move yeah. to let the older guy who's going to command a ton of money go. But O.C. made plays for them going back to when he was playing opposite Strahan. Yeah. And and, you know, whatever about the other guys not being healthy, not being the same, whatever it is, without OC, this D-line has lost a step, and they haven't had linebackers in, like, 10 years. At least. Yeah. And their secondary is questionable at best. Yeah. So now you're taking the strongest part of their defense, making it the weakest part, and, of course, the other parts of it are exposed as a result. Yeah, and, they, you know, they don't have the talent to make up for it elsewhere. You know, the Jets, for a long time, did not have a strong defensive line. But they had an excellent secondary. Right, well, you got Revis and Cromartie yeah. and Jim Leonard and then Landry and Bell. I mean, these guys, right everybody now. but Eric Smith, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants right now have the worst of both worlds on the defensive side of the ball where they're not getting pressure and they can't defend receivers. Right. You know, somebody trying to cover Deshaun Jackson is almost impossible anyway, and now you get no pass rush, you give them all day to get open, you're going to get burnt by Nick Foles after Vic goes out in the first half. You know? Oh, my God. You know, I, I heard on the radio that Justin Tuck, I think it was Tuck, uh, yeah. said that, so they were interviewing him post-game, that whole thing, and to, just to paraphrase, he was like, well, we weren't prepared for the backup. Like, in other words, saying, like, we game-planned for Vic. Right. So, you know, when Foles came in, here's my problem with that. One, it's an NFL team. You prepare for everything if yeah. you're doing your homework. Two, Michael Vick gets hurt all the time. Yeah. So if you're playing a Michael Vick quarterback team, you would imagine that you'd spend at least one half a day one at session. practice yeah. preparing for the other guy. Yeah. Three, Michael Vick was lighting them up before he got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so if they focus solely on him... Yeah. You weren't doing a good job of that either. And lastly, it's Foles. Like, yeah, it is who is this? a thousand times easier <laughs> to defend Nick Foles, who I guess used to be a parking attendant down in, like, the Brooklyn courthouse before this. Yeah, I mean, I get that they, they had a quarterback competition and, you know, Vic beat him out and they think that he could be a good player. He's not Michael Vic. No. It, it is so much more difficult to defend an elusive quarterback who gets out of the pocket and creates things and scrambles for yards, as you saw, because he did. <laughs> right. Than a, a a standard, I'm going to sit in the pocket and I'm going to throw the ball kind of quarterback. Who doesn't play? <laughs> they get burnt either way. So it, it, that excuse is Oh, obvious. my God. I couldn't believe he said that. Yeah. That was, that was as bad as, you know, when Revis said um, against uh, the AFC Championship game a couple yeah. years ago against the Steelers, when he was like, ah, I think that we came out a little flat, like not prepared to play. It's like, it's the AFC Championship game. I don't care if that's what you think happened. Never say that. And yeah. the same memo. We weren't doing a podcast back then. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have been all over it. So please don't interpret this as like anti-giant sentiment. Yeah. But Justin Tuck, shut up. Yeah. Don't say yeah, don't, that. Don't go there. It just it comes off as uh, sort of. 
it's sour grapes, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like anything to like. Was the word I was looking that's, for. Yeah. That's fine. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, the other big thing. So obviously, Eli is leading the league in turnovers, which is another big story with them. Right. He has the lowest completion percentage. Yeah. I know we're throwing out a lot of buzzwords and stuff of, like yeah. that. Now we we've moved up. We have a yeah. stat guy now yeah. who's feeding us all this great information. Yep. <laughs> But those are true things, right? Leads the league in turnovers and leads the league, I guess, (laughs) is at the bottom of the league. Yeah. Yeah. He leads in lowest percentage or whatever. He leads the bad quarterback league in completion percentage right now. 100%. And to your point before, those are facts. Yeah. And things that are happening. (laughs) You can't win if your quarterback is turning over the ball and not completing passes, just like if you allow the most points. Yeah. You can't win. win games. Now, the root of the Eli thing comes back to the offensive line, and it comes back to the running game, mm-hmm. right? Running game is non-existent. Brandon Jacobs, for some somehow, is back on the team. I don't uh, know how that yeah. happens, but he's, he's their starting back, I think, this week coming up. He will be. David Wilson is out, definitely. Yeah. And the offensive line can't protect at all. So this is now putting you in a horrible situation. And you see this with everybody, you know? And that's what gets me about the Jets from last year. It's like, ah, oh, Sanchez was terrible. It's like, Sanchez had no running game, no offensive line, no weapons at receiver. Right. Eli Manning, who is Eliite, elite, however you want to, I don't know how that how that works. It, We're not going to start an El- is Eli elite conversation because yeah. you've been hammered with that enough. I feel like that reads a lot better online, like the elite with the Eli as the first three letters in all caps. Because trying to say it is just weird. It's like that's they don't. It's not the same yeah. I sound. It's like the short I and the long I. It's something that reminds me of something that Skip Bayless would try to say <laughs> on air and look even dumber than he normally does. Yeah. So I'm gonna skip Bayless my way through this conversation. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Eli Manning is not an NFL quarterback and never has been his whole career. No. <laughs> now, I, you know what? If if you you guys can't see this, I closed my eyes. I thought Skip Bayless was here. <laughs> I thought we had a guest in the room that I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but Eli Manning is not the problem. You know, as much as teams say they need an elite quarterback and, you know, as much as that's gotten ridiculous, but guys like that need to be put in a good situation. Every quarterback needs to be put in a good situation. Someday, Tom Brady, who might go down as the greatest quarterback of all time, couldn't complete a pass in the last series of the game. He had no receivers, the weather was bad, and the ball was slipping out of his hands, and they didn't score a touchdown. Right. And they were hitting him earlier in the game. Yeah. Getting him off his rhythm, doing didn't a good have job. A good offensive line, didn't have a running game. All of a sudden, Tom Brady looks bad. Look at the Super Bowl when the Giants beat him twice. He got hit around, and mm-hmm. they didn't have any chance to do anything offensively. Right. Even this game that they won against the Jets a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You know, got receivers dropping passes. I mean, listen, the Jets got to him a little bit. Yeah. They didn't light him up. His he was back there. He was under 50% still. Yeah. Exactly. And a lot of factors play into it, which brings me to the question that I was going to ask you is, is Eli trying too hard? You think that's part of the problem? I think that's maybe part of it with the turnovers. He's Mm -hmm. trying to put the team on his back a little bit because he has to because he knows there's no other real option. But that is like issue number nine out of, you know, the top ten things that are wrong with their offense right now. Mm -hmm. If they solve the other things that Eli trying too hard might even be a positive thing because you put more of the team on his back, though, and they would be more successful because of that. Okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And and like you said before with, um, you know, the Jets playing Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. when you have the coach and you have the quarterback, you always have a chance. Now, I don't think that they're going anywhere this year at 0-5. No. But, you know, you can turn this around quick going into next season. Yeah. You know, now we don't know if Coughlin's going to be there. 
Uh, not that he hasn't done a great job and won two Super be. Bowls. Yeah, but I, I just think the age is a factor. Like, we yeah. know Eli's not going anywhere. We know Jerry Reese isn't going anywhere because they're entrenched. They've won. They've proved it. As has Coughlin, but he's 67 years old. Yeah. So if the giant front office looks at this thing and they're like, you know what? It's going to take us two, three years to compete. Mm-hmm. You know, is Tom Coughlin still going to give us his best shot two, three years from now? Is he still even going to be around? Because if he's not, then I think you can make the change now. New voice in the room, new system, all those, all those things, kinds yeah. of get acclimated to this, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it's crazy because as bad as they are and as poorly as they've played at 0-5, they might be in the worst division in the NFL, yeah. and they're actually not out of it. This There's, could be one of those weird, like, 7-9... and nine. games back, right? Yeah. Now. They are legitimately two games back, having not won a game all season. To compare it to the Falcons, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the Falcons are 1-4, and four, not playing well, but they got the Saints, who are 5-0, and oh, and yeah. that's and it. It's gone. Back. There's no way they're catching that. It's a great point. I think Dallas is, is I mean, they've played the best out of every team in that mm-hmm. division. Uh, they played the Broncos very tight. Right. Last week, and you know, definitely had a uh, deserved the chance to win that game. They didn't, you know. Tony Romo did Tony Romo things, but <laughs> I think Dallas is the cream of that, and they'll they'll probably finish over five hundred and take that division. But they're the Giants are in it. You know, they still have games left against divisional opponents. Yeah, they've, I mean, they've lost two already, but you know, they they but have they still have a lot left. There's yeah. more than two left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Four or five or ten or I don't know how football works, especially, but. Um, <laughs> They, they have a shot. You know, they're, they're they still... Do. But they have to win now. They can't, you know, they can't... Yeah. I, I think, and I, honestly, I don't think they're going to win tomorrow. I think they're also going to lose to the Bears. They're going to go to 0-6 and... <sighs> I think that they are going to lose tomorrow. I think the game yeah. being in Chicago is a factor. Yeah. Um... I also think that everything that we just said about their defense... I mean, listen, Chicago doesn't have an elite offense. Yeah. But they have, um... Marshall. Yep. And they have the quarterback whose name escapes me right now. Oh, you know, Cutler. Cutler, thank yeah. you. My God, I blanked out on him. A little Cutler. No, but you know what? Those guys uh, are a proven force together. And I don't know if the Giants can rattle Cutler's cage enough or have anybody that can cover Brandon Marshall. So that's going to yeah. be a problem. The, the I think then uh, Ducky can check on this for us, but I think the stat was that the Giants lead the league in turnovers and the Bears lead the league in takeaways. Uh, that's a problem, that, too, if that that's true. A, that is a matchup made in heaven for the Bears. Absolutely. Uh, and Eli might derp his way through another uh, three-interception performance <laughs> and extend his lead over Geno Smith in the turnover department. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? The other thing I'll say about the Giants and their chances this year is uh, even though they're only two games out, yeah. which is fine, it's more of the way they have played. Yeah. You know, to compare them again to the Falcons, mm-hmm. you know, the Falcons, all of their losses have happened in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think three of the four losses have happened on the other team's last possession slash, like, seconds left in the game. Yeah. You know, so they've played pretty competitive games, pretty tough games, pretty impressive games in some cases. Yeah. But they've fallen just short. The Giants have yet to do that. Yeah. They and I think that's the telling thing. And every time you're like, oh, you know what? This is the time for the Giants to get it right. They're going to play Carolina. Carolina's a pushover. They got their doors blown off. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing where you oh, Kansas City's not for real. I no, think that yeah, their door's too. blown off again. Yeah. Anybody can score on the Eagles. Yeah. Boom. You know, and they lose their quarterback. Yeah. So it's really just the way that they've played and the, the quality of football or the lack thereof yeah. that leads me to see say they can't do it not where they are particularly in the standings because you know it gets late quick yep in the nfl season 
You know, it's like we're already over a quarter of the way through it, and they have not showed me not one single thing in any facet of the game that leads me to think that they can contend for a playoff spot. They might get one by accident if everybody else in the NFC East keeps shooting themselves in the foot, but... You know they they they're just not a good football the team right now. Six and ten win that division like that's how bad. Oh it my is god! Can you imagine? That would be a travesty. No, by the way, it, I don't no, think it does no, because I, I think, like you said, Dallas is going to be good enough. I yeah. think they'll get over five hundred, and I think that'll do it. And I I think that Philly. And the Redskins, I guess you could put the Giants in this group, but certainly Philly and the Redskins haven't played their best football yet either. You know, I think there's the RG3 factor of being on the, the, the wounded knee, trying yeah. to you know build it back and have confidence in it. And, you know, Philly's got a new coach, and they're trying to figure things out. So, you know, no, I think the Giants are dead. Right. So there's four winless teams. Right. Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Giants, and Jaguars. Okay. Who is the worst? Who is Who has the most amount of opportunity to bounce back? Oh, that's tough. Um, okay, the worst? Yeah. It's tough for the worst one because the Giants have played very badly and Tampa Bay looks really bad too. Yeah. They just like their quarterback, like cursed out their coach, but like nobody likes the coach anyway. That's a bad situation. Yep. Having said all that, I think I can get 11 other guys and beat Jacksonville. I'm I'm almost sure, yeah. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst football. Like, the 2013-14 Jacksonville Jaguars are the worst football team I have ever seen, I think, in my life. Yeah, so worse than those Lions that went 0-16. Yeah, well, because they might go 0-16. They're really bad. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to say Jacksonville is the worst one. Uh, Do you want to chime in on that? I think Jacksonville is very clearly the worst out of that. Now, right. they, they have Justin Blackman back. He's pretty good. I don't know who um, that is. <laughs> he's, he's a second-year wide receiver. He's suspended four games. He, uh, you know, again, not to go to the fantasy route, but he's a good fantasy player. He scored a couple touchdowns. I'm just goals. kidding. I, I do know who he is. I don't think it matters. He, he's, he's good, right? right. So that's their positive thing to look at. Who's throwing him the ball? Uh, Chad Henney right now. Uh, he's he's the healthy of the two quarterbacks. Chad Hennington? Yeah, Chad Hennington, <laughs> uh, who is slightly better, I think, than Blaine Gabbert. Um, Again. Which is, yeah, you know, shades of terrible. But <laughs> I think he's okay. Uh, and they, uh, Jones Drew, is he still a the guy? They have him? He is, he's but good, again. Right? Uh, so, Jaguars, power rankings, they're going to. They're going to be bad. They're going to be really bad. Also, I know power rankings don't mean anything. We talked about this a little bit yeah. before. How quote-unquote experts rank the Jets worse than the Jacksonville I, Jaguars, I, I, really I will understand. never understand. I thank them, though, because Rex <laughs> used that as motivation material, and he Fine. is an excellent motivator, so thanks ESPN. I'm going to pick a player that's not even that great. Mm-hmm. Okay? Santonio Holmes. Right. He's been very good. He showed flashes of brilliance, greatness, obviously, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But he's been pretty disappointing, especially in the time that he's been with the Jets. Yeah. The Jaguars, I don't think, have a player of even his caliber on their entire roster. Yeah. Right? So, Josh Scobie's good. He's a kicker. (laughs) Again, you're throwing out these names that I'm not totally sure are real people. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I get it. They're they're really, really bad and getting worse. And I just... Why don't they have Tebow? I don't get it. Just sign Tebow. Yeah, Tebow makes so much sense for them. It's it's stupid. I mean, yeah. obviously Tebow's not a good quarterback. Obviously Tebow is not really a quarterback that's made for this league. Yeah. But when you factor in 
Uh, number one, Jacksonville doesn't have a quarterback, and I think Tebow, just in what he brings as a leader and as a ball player, would be better than uh, anybody they have on the roster right yeah. now. That's one. Unless they're trying to tank, right? If that's their strategy, I don't know. Tebow might rattle off six wins, and then now you're picking you uh, know, six, six. is a little generous. <laughs> yeah, listen, crazier things have happened. That's, that's true. That, that's that's true. Uh, the other thing I will say is that they're, like, in danger of getting blacked out in their local markets, like, every week because nobody goes to the games. Yeah. So, and they also might be moving to, like, Canada or London or L.A. or something. Yeah. So China. We should outsource <laughs> them to China. I think that's a good, good strategy for the NFL. That, you know what? Fine, do it. Right? Please. Like that, wouldn't you want to watch that game? Well, nobody, everybody complains about, oh, the games are in London, it takes away, like, nobody watches the Jaguar games anyway. Just yeah. put them in London for a yeah. year, see if it works. Yeah, might as well let some British people watch that instead of soccer. Sure. But until they go, yeah. Tebow would, if nothing else, get some people to turn on games yeah. and go to games down there, because he's like a god down, down there. there. What is the point? Why aren't you doing this? And I'm sorry I said god and Tebow in the same sentence, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. that's never been said before. <laughs> um, and this guy, Khan, who's the owner, is supposed to be this old, like, kind of savvy sort of guy, Fans like him, and right? Like a Prokhorov kind of yeah. like let's you know let's do some things. Yeah, he's let's got spend a the sweet mu- mustache. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> do it, right? Just sign the guy. He's not doing anything else. He'll at least sell you a couple million jerseys, right? right. At the very least, you're gonna right. do something. You'll be uh, you'll get on Sports Center, which I don't think they've done all season. Oh my God, no, definitely not. Yeah, but. We digress. Neither so we were, nor there. We right? were ranking teams, right? That's yeah. what we were doing? And then we just went off on the Jaguars because okay. they're clearly the worst. So we agree. The Jaguars are terrible. Like, ex- exclamation pointed by the 28-point underdog they are this week against the uh, the Denver Broncos. Yes. I feel like that's the, you know, yes. the nail in the call. And it's so bad that I had to ask before we went on air if Jacksonville was at home for that game. <laughs> and... I got looks. Yeah. <laughs> I got some weird looks like, no. But I was like, check, yeah. because they're that bad. That's yeah, what I'm trying to say. Look like what the line, like, realistically, I, neither one of us are big gamblers or anything like that, but what would the line be if they were home? Uh, 20? <laughs> Maybe 30. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe they'd be more, like, nervous to play in front of their fans or something. They're fan. They're one guy that hangs out at the stadium. Yeah. Tebow. <laughs> so they're clearly the worst. So that's... That's fine. Um, I would say that if we're going to have to go with the next worst, yeah. and this is this is closer, yeah. but I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Okay. Just because you got to show a little bit of respect to the Giants because of the player personnel again. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got Eli. He's won two Super Bowls. You got Coughlin, who's won two Super Bowls. You have Jerry Reese in the front office, who's been there for two Super Bowls. So you, you've, you've, you've got to show a little bit of respect yeah. that, you know what, they can turn this around and get back to respectability. Plus everything that we mentioned before. Mathematically, they could yeah. turn this around and win the division and make the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll say that. So I think Tampa Bay would be the next worst. Uh, they don't have a quarterback. There's some infighting with the coaches. Yeah. There's been some coach problems as far as Revis is concerned. I will say to Greg Schiano and whoever runs that team, we'll take him back. Yeah. At the Jets, uh, we'll give you like a sixth round pick if you want it. Yeah. I think I mean, that's fair value. Loose, you know. I think yeah. It's a non guaranteed contract, so it's really to their benefit to get that money off the. Market. They should free that money up yeah. for other things, maybe yeah. a quarterback, whatever. We'll take him back. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I would say that, and again, the Saints factor being in the same division as the Saints, they're going nowhere. They're awful. The Buccaneers would be number two on my list. See, I think that Tampa is, you know, obviously they're in a more difficult situation because they have the Saints, but I think they're a 
better team than the Giants are right now. Tampa has not been blown out the way the Giants have been this year. I think their defense is better than the Giants and keeps them in more games. That's fair. Darrell Revis, you know, he's coming off the injury and all that. I think he's better than anybody on the Giants right now. You know, that's even, that's even true. Off the injury, he's got you know. So I think Tampa has a little bit more. They have a quarterback that they're testing out that they kind of like. And Glenn, he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. They got rid of uh, you know the distraction of you know the Mark Sanchez of Tampa and, and Josh Freeman. So I think they they are trending a little bit better than the Giants. It seems like they have a plan of some kind. Right. You know, like all right, let's get rid of the quarterback. Let's go with this guy. Let's see what we have here and move forward. I, I would actually rather be in Tampa shoes than the Giants shoes right now because everything that's going on with the Giants is exacerbated by being in the New York market. You know what? Those are all fair points. Um, so obviously you're gonna you're gonna go with the Giants next. Giants. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> I'm saying you're gonna go with the Giants. Uh, I I pick Tampa. You're gonna pick the Giants as, Giants the, second as the second worst. Okay. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. We don't really have to delve more into it than that, yeah. as far as that goes, because we talked about the Giants ad nauseum. Yeah. Uh, so the Giants would actually come uh, third for me yeah. uh, for everything that I just mentioned. Yeah, and I think the same thing. You know, with Tampa is not better, any better than Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is the best of the O N teams. I would agree with that. Uh, for, for everything we're saying about their lead up to the Jets, right? They have a quarterback, they mm-hmm. have a defensive coordinator, they have a track record of success. Uh, Mike Tomlin's obviously a very good coach. Right. They have their own vulnerabilities, and I love their, like, you know, I asked somebody today, it was like, what's Pittsburgh's weakness? What's the thing they don't do well? And right now it's, like, protect the quarterback. Right. Which is exactly what I want to hear when the Jets are matching up with somebody. If they can't protect the quarterback, that is the, the team that I want because that defensive line is just going to mm-hmm. fall them. Absolutely. I think they made a huge mistake letting Mike Wallace go. Yeah. Um, you know, they've had some some diva wide receivers. They've had a history of them. Um, obviously, Heinz Ward was like the stalwart. He was like their guy. But, you know, going back even to when they let Plaxico go to mm-hmm. the Giants, Plaxico basically won the Giants a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, he had a lot of productive years left. That old craziness with the gun and the club. You know, had he not done that and gone to jail, he probably would have had two more productive years. Yeah. Um, for the jet uh, for the Giants rather excuse me mm-hmm. um, he even had some six, that successful year with the Jets he was a good red zone target yeah, yeah, I know he's a diva and he doesn't fit into the Steeler way but they let him go yep. you know they thought Holmes was a malcontent he won them a Super Bowl they were able to cut him loose mm-hmm. they thought that Wallace was a bit of a diva you know eventually you get to the point where you can't replace these guys yeah. and on the heels of you know Heinz Ward retiring you know Big Ben needs some weapons yep. you know and he's the type of quarterback that's good enough to make the other players around him better. That's fair, but we've seen it with Tom Brady now that he's lost a bunch of guys that he's used to. Yep. You have to build a rapport with these guys, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but having said all that, I'm still a little worried about the Steelers this week. Yeah, no. I would be extraordinarily worried if the game was in Pittsburgh because I don't think the yeah. Jets have ever won in Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's a good good point. It's no, a bit of a stretch, but uh, right, right. Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania? Yeah. I remember they had that stat saying the Jets never won in Pennsylvania before. Ah, Is that still a thing? Fair enough. Uh, we can check on that. Ducky, check the, it out. The Jets record um, in Pittsburgh. They but might I, have won one. But, I know that yeah. they are historically bad in yeah. Pittsburgh, so I'd be very worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, having the game at home, is a little better. I almost wish that Pittsburgh would have at least one win, yeah. so they wouldn't be like a like a rabid animal, like yeah. backed into a corner trying to get their win they on the rookie Rex quarterback. The other day they were like, you know, are you a little bit more worried about Pittsburgh? And he gave the head coach answers like, we're always worried about Pittsburgh. They're right. going to be a team you worry about. I'm not more concerned. No, they're just they're all. I'm I'm going to prepare for them no matter what. But it's like I get as fans, that's what you think. Right. That's how fans think, but right. 
we're going to prepare for them because they're the opponent, you know? Right, and they're Pittsburgh, and that's what we yeah. do in the whole any given Sunday routine. Like, yeah. you know, anybody can beat anybody kind of nonsense. But um, but I'm, I'm a little worried. What, what are your uh, – I know we touched on it a little bit. What is your sentiment about the game? Like, how do you feel going into Sunday? I actually feel pretty good because of the offensive line, defensive line matchup on that side of the ball. Okay. When Pittsburgh has the ball, I really like the Jets' D-line against the Pittsburgh offensive line in both stopping the run and getting to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no quarterback is immune to it. I think Big Ben handles it better than anybody right. that I ever remember seeing when they get pressure, just sensing the pressure, getting out of the pocket, and still making a good throw. But like you said, he doesn't quite he doesn't have the same weapons he's had. They haven't really had a running game there. Uh, you know, Heath Miller has been you know their tight end. He's not been healthy. He's been kind of banged up and mm-hmm. not putting up many points. Um, I think there that's that's where the game is won, and they have to do the same thing. They can't turn the ball over. They can't make mistakes on special teams. They can't do all those little things that have lost them a couple of games this year. But if they play clean enough, I think if you win a turnover battle, that that's it. Even if you know Smith turns the ball over once or twice, if you turn it back two or three times, you you're, you can survive that. You can deal with Smith, you know, turning the ball over a little bit because he's not going to you know throw no interceptions the rest rest of the season. Right. But you need to bring the ball back, which the Jets did do against the Falcons to True. to score points immediately off off of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel pretty good. I think there's a you know a strong matchup. You know. I think if you went off the, oh, they're 0-4, I'm afraid of them because they, they can't be that bad, the Giants would have had two wins by now. You know, right. <laughs> the game is played on Sundays, and, you know, they're they're playing the Jets, and it's just a matter of who's playing well that Sunday. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good. And yeah. that's, again, that's the knife through the heart preparing yeah. to happen. Of know, course. In a couple hours. Of now. course. I, I You know, I would I would say I'm pretty much in stride with you. I, I feel pretty good. Um it's it's strange because I, I think that the biggest positive working in the Jets' favor is what you just said yeah. about the you know the defensive line offensive line matchup and protecting the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The thing that scares me the most though is Roethlisberger's ability to make broken plays work. Yeah, and you know obviously with the Jets not having Revis anymore and having a kind of suspect secondary out there with you know a rookie that can't stay on the field and Kyle Wilson who punches people in the face yeah. and you know two safeties that are like safety by committee or something you know um that kind of worries me at the same time so uh it's almost like the 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 best positive for the jets is is the 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 worst potential negative but uh, listen it remains to be seen um you know I, I, I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard to, to go, you know, head versus heart on a thing yeah. like this. Because as a Jet fan, I want to be like, I don't think they're going to win. But I didn't think they were going to win on Monday night either. I was Well, I was sure they weren't going to win on Monday night. <laughs> I was so positive. And that, that's the emotion talking after the turnover performance, right? But see, part of my reasoning for thinking they weren't going to win was because of the way that the Falcons lost to the Patriots <laughs> the week before. Yeah. And like, oh my God, the Falcons are 1-3. and three. They're better than this. You know, so it was, yeah. it was all of that. It was yeah. all of that. So, I, you know. It's stupid. You never know. Maybe the Jaguars <laughs> beat the Broncos on Sunday. <laughs> uh, no. No. That's one thing I'm sure of. I would All bet right. almost anything on that, and I'm not really a betting man. Yeah. Yeah. What about to cover 27 and a half points? Uh, I, 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 you know what? I think the Broncos can cover 27 and a half points. They can. They scored 50 less. <laughs> <laughs> it's not here's, a question if they can. It's will they? Like, I don't know. Here's the thing. Will they score 50 again? Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. I, I think it was on the ESPN Power Rankings. They were like, uh,. Uh, I think Peyton Manning threw for four touchdowns. The Broncos scored 51 points. Uh, two receivers had over 200 yards receiving, and none of those were season highs for the Broncos this year. Yeah, I, that's that's <laughs> ludicrous to me. Yeah. I think Adam Schefter tweeted um, after last week that um, 
uh, the Broncos scored 51 points yeah. against Dallas. Yeah. And the Jaguars haven't scored 51 <laughs> points all season yet. Yeah. So when it's presented to me like that, do I think the Broncos will cover this week? I would say probably yeah. they will. Yeah. I think they're going to cover. So if gambling were legal, and I had a sheet of games to look at for next week. Sure. Um, Which it's not, by the way, not. and we definitely don't. Right? 100%. Uh, there are a lot of big point spreads on there, uh, highlighted by the Broncos. Also, uh, three other double-digit point spreads. 49ers over the Cardinals, Seahawks over the Titans, and Niners over the Cardinals. Um, hmm. Out of those games, I am. I feel like I would feel the best about taking... Oh, no, they're, they're both on there twice. That's why. So 49ers <laughs> over the Cardinals and 49ers over the Cardinals. I thought you said it twice, it but that. I... yeah. It's actually written there twice for some reason. So That's weird. totally typoed up. It's written not on a sheet there. that may or may not even not exist. even exist It at is all. not here. But if it did, somebody might have messed up because there are two teams on a bye in a Thursday night game. There can't be 30 teams playing. Anyway. <laughs> the, uh... I guess out of the two, then, if we're looking at it that way... Uh... 49ers, I'd feel better about. The Seahawks coming off a tough week. Titans have a good defense. You know, they obviously don't have the quarterback anymore, but uh, maybe against the 49ers, I'd feel better about taking, covering the big spread. I, 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 would, I would have to go with that. I would say yeah. the 49ers probably I, I I just I never really like what I see from the Cardinals like I'm going on I'm going on face value yeah. just watching games. I know they're three and two. I, I don't know. I, I, I would say. That the um the the forty ers would be more likely to cover. I just just based on on watching it. I, you know I, we saw the the Titans up close and personal, and what they were able to do to the Jets. I yeah. know it was a turnover fest. I get all that, but I, you know the the Cardinals since their Super Bowl run have been very underwhelming to me just yeah. across the board. And uh, you know I I think that the forty ers are gonna really something to prove and they're gonna come out strong. Yeah, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a terrific segue out of that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, so I guess we can talk a little bit uh, baseball, just because we are in the playoffs. Even though we are, the Cardinals are up three nothing on yeah. the uh, on the Pittsburgh Pirates in the just, uh, fifth weird. game. I don't know. I don't like this. I'm the, used to, like, the Yankee it, factor. Yeah, like uh. this is normally a very exciting time of the year. I'm looking at like I'm actually buying a newspaper because they do those cool like spreads on pitching matchups and who has the advantage yeah. at first base and all those. And I love just like getting into that mindset because it reminds me of being a kid trying to figure out who's on the Oakland <laughs> Athletics in the first place. Yeah, it's fine. Listen, I can teach you on how to deal with this, like it's, how to pick a team that you think you'd want to root for, yeah. and then because you're bad at picking teams in general, like I am, yeah. that team gets eliminated in the first round That's or maybe even happened. in the wild card yeah. round. And then you have to pick another team that you're okay with winning. And then what always happens is the team that you want to win the least wins the World Series. Yeah. So well for you, it'll probably right be now. Boston. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> which uh, advanced yesterday. Yep. Uh, they closed out Tampa Bay, as did the Dodgers. Um, they beat the Braves, which is great because screw the Braves. Right. So you're um, flying high right now. I'm flying high. Yeah. I pretty down. much, like, if the Cardinals, who seem like they're going to advance the seventh inning, they're up 3 nothing at home. Yeah. Pittsburgh doesn't really know how to win yet, that kind of yeah. thing. Um, if the Cardinals can go out, though, I'd be fine. I would cool with anybody else winning. Yeah. I'd, uh, I'd love to see the Dodgers uh, because of Mattingly. I, you know, Mattingly was a right. great, great Yankee who never won anything, and I think he deserves that. He's a great, you know, did an amazing job yeah. with the team this year. Especially because he almost got fired yeah. this year, you know, yeah. when they were underperforming and stuff and like that. he so. doesn't even have a contract for next season. He has yeah, it's weird. Well, he'll get picked up. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so I'm pulling for Mattingly. 
the whole pirates thing is great, you know. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's kind of on the way out, which speaks to your point of wanting, you know, the team you pick to, to get knocked out. That's what happens. I, yeah, it's... I was all Tampa Bay. That worked out real well. Uh, Boston's going through. I'm pulling for Oakland in that other series just right. because I, I dig the money ball thing. I right, underdogs deserve, uh, kind of know, thing. They deserve that shot, and they'll probably get knocked out. Yep. So, now they're gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, I don't like it. Because uh, the other time, so the Yankees got knocked out, sure, plenty in you know my lifetime in the playoffs, but at least when they got knocked out, I could root against the team that knocked the Yankees out, or the season was over because that happened in the World Series, you know? Right. It's weird. Like I don't, I don't really care as much, except for you know, screw the Red Sox, and it's not. That's not enough. It's of a, not enough of a motivator, no. especially because you know this year the Red Sox didn't really like directly do anything, like other than being in the division, being rivals, winning the division. But like yeah. they didn't do anything. It's not like the Red Sox beat the Yankees two out of three in the last series of the season yeah. and knocked the Yankees out of the no, playoffs. The Yankees just weren't very. The good. The Yankees weren't that good, and the Red Sox were. And then like after like mid August, it didn't really matter. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like ah whatever, you yeah. know. So it, it's it hard like to that. even like you know historically you're hating on them, but you can't even be. Like, oh, these Red Sox. I'm going to... It's like, whatever. Like, yeah. like we didn't deserve to be there. We weren't that good. So I can't, you know, I, I can't get worked up over it. It's no. It's weird. I'm used to being angry at this time of year. And I just, I'm kind of chilling. Well, you know, listen. You know, football. You'll have some other things to be angry about. Because yeah. the Pirates will probably lose today. The Rangers gave and up nine goals last night. That, that was... Too. That was crazy. I didn't even want to bring that up. I wasn't going to say it. But to get me angry, that, that's, <laughs> that's a good way to start. And the Rangers scored in a five-on-three, which I always freak out about because they never do and they do it in a game they give up nine goals what is right uh, uh, now question as, as a guy who's admittedly new very new to hockey yeah has anyone ever scored nine goals before because well, i didn't think that that was possible ducky's gonna check on it i think wayne gretzky did it in a game a couple times <laughs> <laughs> oh nine himself it. yeah you I mean, no i meant the whole <laughs> team because i thought like you know like three goals was the most ever and like if you did five then like you got to Tire and they bought you a golden chair to sit in. Yeah. Um, it's weird hockey stuff. There's a big cup. There's probably a throne, right? Yeah. There's a throne yeah. in hockey, I'm sure. It's, yeah, well, Gary Bettman keeps it, and then, you know, you have to fight over it. It's, it's a whole off-season thing. They don't put it on TV yet. It's going to be a oh. good 24-7 series on HBO. Oh, that'll um, be really great. Up. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it'll be like a Game of Thrones spinoff with Gary Bettman. <laughs> Now, I'm assuming that what's going to happen with that show on HBO is that it'll be really good the first two seasons, yeah. you'll be really into it, and then for no reason they'll have a lockout and miss a whole season yeah. again. Yeah, you'll yeah. be like trying to figure out why somebody's head got cut off, and then right. it just won't happen. And everybody's going to be like, <laughs> classic Batman. <laughs> uh I think the Rangers' record for most goals allowed was 10. Oh, I go. What was that, like, back before the merger? Yeah, I think it was back before goalies were allowed to, like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm using buzzwords now. I assume, like, every league has had some kind of merger. So the NHL was once, like... There was, was, like, Canadian League and the American League. (laughs) Yeah, and the Canadian League always won. And then one day, like, the hockey equivalent to Joe Namath was like, Ah, we're gonna win! But then they still didn't. But then there was the 1980 miracle, like... That happened. Now you're just mixing and matching. Listen, I don't know enough about hockey, but I'm assuming that there was a merger, and there were at one point there were no goalies, and you know that's when the Rangers lost ten goals. (laughs) Yeah, they might as well have not played goalie. By the same token, right? I feel like if you gave me like 
four other skaters, myself and Henrik Lundqvist, we could have allowed fewer than nine. <laughs> <You know? laughs> just, just by like sheer force of will. Just because Lundqvist was there, and you know we could figure it out. Like we could chip right. the puck out of the zone and maybe lose three nothing. <laughs> Rangers couldn't do. I will say that it's probably more likely that you would stop more goals than you'd score goals. Yeah, no, I'm not like, saying because the other we team is going to play. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you know what? That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Nine goals is a freaking <laughs> lot of goals. Only Sixty minutes. That's better than a goal every 10 minutes. One kid had four himself. He's 19 years old. Wow. And he had like a highlight reel kind of like almost showboaty goal on like the backup goalie to put them up 8-2. At what point do you pull the goalie and say like, yeah, it's... Well, they switched goalies halfway through. I think Lunk was started and then Baron came in. Okay. And uh, one of them allowed four and then the other one allowed five. Oh um, my god. It was, it was bad. So that happens. I think after 15 you just don't play with the goalie. Just because you don't want to blow up their stat line for the whole season, but if you also get to that point, you, you eh. you're going to need to score. You're going to need that six <laughs> that's skater. Right. To get that's, that point. When it, that's when it's like crazy, like a fox. You know? like, oh, we're gonna have two more goals, All right? So maybe we score thirteen. You know, right. like maybe we we shove it right back down their throats. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, yeah. all right. Uh, that's, there is a that's funny hockey history question thing with that, but. Uh, the short, short, short version is back in the day when tiebreakers were by goals scored. Okay. The Rangers and Red Wings, I want to say, were both going for a playoff spot. And the Rangers, I think it was the Rangers, whoever the Rangers were playing, Canadians, whatever, somebody needed to go and score, like, six goals. And if they scored six goals, win or lose, they would have been in the playoffs. Okay. They pulled the goalie, played the whole game, and didn't actually hit that threshold. <laughs> so they oh, my God. So they played the whole game without a goalie, without a goalie like that, and yeah. then didn't. Was this also before the merger? <laughs> <laughs> This is before color television. I yeah, guess, that's so. like that weird gray area. Like, yeah. I like to have that be like a sliding scale. Yeah. This way, when I say something really inaccurate, I'm like, oh, well, it was the, the merger. Yeah. I was thinking of the uh, the NBA merger, and it was just the dates got all yeah. crossed in my Merge head. Sanity. <laughs> um, <laughs> Merge sanity. So, thank you for... I didn't want to talk about that topic at all, so thanks for, for talking about that for a little bit. Hopefully, the next time we address hockey... Well, here's some quasi-positive news for you to jump back. We've been all over the place tonight, but yeah. I like it. It's good. Um, to jump back to the baseball stuff. Yeah. Uh, Girardi Big re-ups with the Yankees. Four that. years, like $1 trillion, yeah, so which is fine. good. It doesn't count against the luxury tax. It so doesn't. I think the real number is $16 million, and there are some four, yeah. bonus like incentives, wins, blah, blah, Short blah, kind of stuff. Um, so, big Yankee fan, how do you feel about it? Uh, I didn't think he was going to leave because of the family thing. The family's lived in New York for a while now. They live in Westchester. The kids mm-hmm. like it there. So, I didn't think it was really on the table for him to go. Right. And, and he's got middle school and high school age kids, yeah, right? Yeah, it's like, they, you know, they don't want to up and leave, especially living here. You know, mm-hmm. if you're living in Kansas City, then maybe you want to bounce and head to somewhere a little bit more exciting. But right. from all intents and purposes, it sounds like they loved living in New York. So, I didn't think it was a thing. He had his leverage, right? He definitely could have gone to the broadcast booth. He would have been hired in a heartbeat. He did yes. a great job in the season that he wasn't managing. Absolutely. Uh, he definitely had the Cubs thing hanging over their heads, mm-hmm. although, like I said, I don't think he was going to leave. Also, Washington. Would Washington, have, Washington definitely would have been involved because, yeah. I mean, they had a bad year this year. Yeah. But you're looking at a team that's poised to win, will probably win the division next yeah. year, and they're going to need a guy who has won. I don't think you want to be like, you know, some yeah. brand new manager getting the keys to the city over there. Yeah. And out of the three, they're the most set up for success next year. I right. Think, and going know, forward, because their superstars yeah. are all young, you yeah. know. So, but, uh, he's definitely a good, he, he is absolutely an excellent manager. There are a lot of criticisms to him, but there are a lot of criticisms to any manager in yeah. baseball. A lot of it unfair. Right. The, the, the plainest way to put it, he's won a world series, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what you look for in his second season. 
He's kept them in the conversation years where they shouldn't have been. This season, very much included. Mm-hmm. This team should have been under 500. They scored fewer runs than they allowed. Right. Pythagorean baseball-wise, if you get told the sabermetric thing, they should have been like a 76 or 77 win team based mm-hmm. upon their runs scored versus runs allowed. Okay. And they won 85 games. Right. Which is remarkable. Out of any team over 500, that was by far the best, like, plus-minus gotcha. you know, versus your projected and actual record. That that goes to your manager. That's managing the bullpen the right way. That's doing the best you can with what you got. And when you have like you know Chris Stewart as your cleanup hitter most of the season, you're not going to win a lot of games. And they still won 85. So he deserves to be back. He deserves the opportunity. And hopefully they get him a couple things to work with this mm-hmm. year. Very very quickly is my like I, I did a thought exercise on this. How the Yankees can stay under the 189 million dollar threshold? Right. I threw some names together to try and put a, you know a list of you know a competent roster. Um, if they brought back Cano mm-hmm. at 25 per year, okay. which is what A-Rod's making this year, and that's probably a fair-ish number. Say 25 over 7, you know, however you want to put it. Okay. But averages out to 25. Um, you have enough wiggle room to cobble together a roster, assuming share is back, um, assuming Jeter's option is picked up. Uh, you sign Brendan Ryan. You sign Corota uh, or somebody like Corota to that value of money. Of say twelve million to thirteen million, uh, Granderson to say thirteen to fourteen million. Putting those spots in, you can still get under the one eighty nine because Rivera's contract is gone. Uh, you know there are a couple of deals that expire. Have you factored in A Rod's money? Without factoring in A Rod's money, I was able to get it to one eighty nine point one, assuming okay. A Rod plays the whole year, making his twenty five million dollars. Uh, I went at uh, I think. Dioner Navarro as a catcher to split time, who's a nice little fit. He hit 300 this year. He's always had defensive upside, was an all-star. Right. Split uh, time with who? Who would be um, your option? I know because, well, they have a lot of underwhelming yeah. catchers, but with another catcher, not so bad. You know, Navarro and Savelli, not bad. I Even Navarro and Romine, not yeah. bad. And I think any of those guys, even Stewart, any one of mm-hmm. them not being exposed to playing 111 games, I think you'll be fine with that. And he can play the position a little bit. Um, I went after somebody like that as opposed to a McCann trying to protect the draft pick mm-hmm. for the Yankees. They might blow that out of the water. They might say, you know right. what, screw it. We're going to sign you know all of these other guys and not even worry about it. But assuming they did that, uh, signed Beltran as your DH. Okay. Um, again, assuming he doesn't get the arbitration, which the Cardinals might not opt to do because that's a lot of money to commit to a guy on one year when you have some better options maybe that are younger there. Right. And, the and Cardinals, he might take that yeah, because he likes the playing there. That's yeah. the thing. And I, you know, I think that he would... At this point, Beltran's made a lot of money, mm-hmm. and, you know, guys want security, but how much security? I mean, Beltran could play another year and retire. He could retire tomorrow if he yeah. wanted to. Like, he's had a great career, and it kind of is what it is. You yeah. know, if the Cardinals win a World Series, he might just retire. Like, yeah. I don't think that he will. I don't have information that he is, but, yeah. like, it's possible. So, giving a, he's the type of guy where a qualifying offer is tough, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, his number is very high for a qualifying offer because yeah. he's had a good year, and yep. based on what he's made and blah, 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 blah. So that, that's a tough, you know, they yeah. might not give him the offer. And the Cardinals tend to be a little bit frugal to their benefit with mm-hmm. the Pujols thing. You know, they they, right. they would kind of patriots their way through it where they'd rather get rid of a guy a year too early than a year too late and get right. stuck with a bad contract. In this case, 10 years too yeah. late. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and I, was, I said before, uh, we were watching the game, um, 
you know, they really are high on Alan Craig, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been playing first base for them, but they have this kid, Matt Adams, who looks like a whale of a human being, yeah. and he probably can hit 40 home runs if he plays, but they have no spot for him. He's yeah. a first baseman by trade, too big to play anywhere else, and, you know, Alan Craig used to play the outfield, right field specifically, mm-hmm. and if you cut bait with Beltran now, you put Craig back in the outfield, and you, you give, you know, uh, Matt Adams the reins, and, uh, yeah. you know, so they, it's not like they're not even set up, where it's like, they yeah. gotta bring Beltran back, even if it's one year or two years, because so-and-so's far away, and so-and-so's far away. Yeah. It, you know, they have one of the best farm systems in baseball, and they keep churning out guys. Yeah. So, Beltran, realistic option for the Yankees. I think he's a good fit. <clears throat> Obviously, plays the outfield switch hitter, and, you know, can can DH a lot for you. Mm-hmm. You know, he can help offset maybe some of the offensive loss if A-Rod's out for a while and all that, and wouldn't require, you know, $15, 16000000 million necessarily. He's right. at the big age where you can get him a little bit cheaper, I think, than that. So I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, the rotation, you know, you put together what you have, you know, assuming Sabathia, Nova, Corota, or a Corota-like contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you you got to figure Pineda's going to get a shot. you got to get something out of Pineda. Right. He's the linchpin to the you whole gotta thing. you got to assume he's going to be in the rotation in some way. Um, and you got a bunch of guys on flyers. Uh, you know, Halliday is a guy you might take a, a, a shot mm-hmm. with. There are a couple of guys that you might be able to go after. Yeah. Halliday's a good name. Yeah. Halliday's a good name. Trying to reestablish value. He's not going to make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he's very hurt, but his injury, unlike a Johan Santana mm-hmm. injury, like it will probably be behind him mostly when he yeah. wants to pitch this year. You know, Santana, I was reading today, thinks he's going to be ready for spring training, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mets are entertaining, you know, bringing him back on some kind of, you know, incentive deal so that he can rehab, you know, the place that he's used to. Plus, Santana has a $25 million option for next year, mm-hmm. which they're obviously not going to pick up, but they have to buy him out for $5.5 million. Yeah. So if they can tie the buyout into a contract, yeah. you know, with incentives, then it's at least you're not paying him to go f- be a free agent for somebody else. Yeah. So it's actually kind of smart thinking on the Mets point, but, um, you know, definitely Holiday would be a more reliable option than, mm-hmm. say, a Santana, and would also probably be a cheaper option than, say, a Lincecum. Yeah. Who's been very down, but, I mean, Lincecum's young, and I know he's yeah. small, and I know he's got a lot of innings on his arm, but, you know, Lincecum, depending on how the market breaks, yeah. might get a multi-year deal from somebody, yeah. because they'll say, like, I can fix this guy. Yeah. You know, I could teach him how to pitch at 91, not 95, 96, so... Yeah. You know, and he'd be he'd definitely worth kicking the tires on and seeing what's about. You know, I love the Absolutely. idea of getting Lincecum yeah. you know, involved in the conversation. But I'd love the Mets take a flyer on Lincecum with, yeah. uh, especially with Harvey hurt. Yeah, oh, even on a one year, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So guys like that, you know, just the the John Lieber, I think is the best example from the right. Yankees because they signed him to a one year incentive-laden thing, got back and pitched great for them, and then came back another year and pitched great for them. So right. you know, guys like that cobbling together a bullpen with the young kids they have and, you know, a couple of cheaper free agents. Mm-hmm. Got them to the 189. I did a nice little Excel spreadsheet and figured it out. I don't know how to use Excel. Yeah, no. Never learned. No, I Never learned. I thought you it was struggle kind with numbers. Of, I, I do, in yeah. general. I also don't know how to do long division. Fact. Yeah. If you wrote down a long division problem for me right now, I'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the option. So that if you is, ever want to get rid of me, I'm do that. Buy. I know we're in my house, but I'll leave. All right. Good. Mm-hmm. I need a new house. So that's perfect. <laughs> um... And, and again, not including the A-Rod contract. I guess that was the other right. part. Right, so if so, that comes off the books, now you got more way, play. You yeah. know, even if it's half the season, that gives you an extra $12 million. Even if it's a quarter of the season. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a significant amount of money. I did hear on the radio um, the other, I think it was yesterday, might have been the day before, Hal Steinbrenner was on doing mm-hmm. the State of the Yankees mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And he said that, um, I, and I know a lot of it is owner speak, it's GM speak, it's all yeah. double talk and whatever. But he was asked point blank, 
is the 189 a mandate? And he said 189 is a goal, not a mandate. What does that mean? I, what is the, I know it's I know it's double talk, yeah. but I but and then when pressed, yeah. he said that they would not look to get under the 189 if it meant being un-Yankee like in the sense that like okay, well we're not going to put a competitive team on the like you know is it get under 189 while putting a uncompetitive team on the field? No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, you know that's a little bit of a bright spot, but yeah. again, it's it, what does it all mean? You know, uh, it's a yeah. goal, not a mandate. Like you're the owner. Is it? it are we doing you're it or not? Yeah. Like you're the one signing the check. How much money are we going to spend this year? Uh, 189 or 190? You know, and right. he's going to be the one that knows that because it's his money. Exactly. Ugh, you know, it, it's frustrating to hear that. Yeah. But fine. All right. At least he's not saying no. We're we're not. No matter what. Right. Because saying. that could be that a viable option. Yeah. You can say that. Yeah. You know, that's not the same as saying like, oh, you know what? We're punting this year. You know, it's not Sandy yeah. Alderson coming out spring training this year saying like, yeah, you know what? We're really not trying to win. Yeah. You know, everything's about 2014, even though that's what everybody knew. Yeah. He was like, hey, we're trying to win. We're going to win this year. We're looking forward to be competitive this year. You know, you could come out and say, no, we're getting under 189. Yeah. We think we have enough talent in-house and we think that, you know, with time. Tom crunched the numbers on Excel, and yeah. we think that we can bring in a few quality pieces. You know, that could that's a viable answer. Yeah. You know, maybe not the part where you're included, because I he mean, probably I'll, doesn't know who you are. I'll text him, though. But, you know? all right. I mean, that's or cool. Maybe tweet it. Maybe he has Twitter. Yeah, he probably doesn't have Twitter, but yeah. you maybe tweet at the Yankees, attention, how. Like, yeah. They, they, they'll probably send yeah. it to him. I've only got 140 characters to get that whole spreadsheet in there. That might be tough. You know what you got to do? You got to link it. Ah, you gotta send them a is link. That, is that LinkedIn? Is that how that works? Uh, I think that's a different thing. Yeah? Yeah, I don't have LinkedIn. Yeah. I think that's more professional. It's like... Know. Well, they're a professional organization. Yankees true. All so that... Okay, got it. Get LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. And then reach out to the Yankees. Ah, I can LinkedIn all right? them. You could is link... That... <laughs> it's not as good as tweeting them. Yeah. You know. I can I try it. Try it. Try that. Let me know how that works. Um, yeah. We'll get the stack guy. We'll get yeah, Ducky, Ducky on setting up a LinkedIn yeah. for Tom. I think he's already doing it, so yeah. that's very progressive LinkedIn. thinking. Look up the Yankees on there. Find Hal Steinberg. <laughs> <laughs> or Hank. Hank's kind of crazy, right? He yeah, listen, have, like, listen to me. Hank probably has a MySpace. <laughs> yeah. I'll go after Hank's MySpace. I'll put him on my top eight. We'll be in. That's it. Is that still a thing? I, I haven't had MySpace in like ten years. I, that's that's not even. I don't know. I, okay. I honestly have no idea. All right, because the top eight was important, and if you could put Hank, uh, Hank in your top eight, I think he'll appreciate that. I think you he know? would. Like, not a lot of guys would have. First of all, have him as a friend, and then mm-hmm. you know to put him top eight, like you know you got your girlfriend, you got your you know your two best friends from high school, and the guy who drove you home that time. You're, like you can't leave those guys out. And then you got Hank, you know? Yeah. Like, he's got to feel pretty good Would you that. put him as your number one? Your number one in oh. your top? Like, how high are you willing to go? I mean, you know, depending upon how he responds, I guess, to my spreadsheet idea. Okay, you know, yeah. I might, I might rank him, you know, maybe to start off as, like, a four, you know. Right, and then if it's still positive. The line, yeah. You know, he's, he's above four others. Mm-hmm. And then if he goes and responds, maybe he sends me a message back, I can bump him into the top three. Okay. You know, kind of figure that out. And then if he's like, yeah, Tom, listen, I'm going to hire you at $600,000 a year to put these spreadsheets together for him. I'll make him, I'll, maybe I'll make him number two. 
Okay, so he'll yeah, all right, all right, that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. As far as um, you know, the the pecking order of uh yeah. of MySpace goes, I think that's pretty good. The uh the uh offspring fan page friend that I have on uh on MySpace has to be number one though. You know, they they've been, you know, a big supporter of me for a long time. The offspring? Yeah. The like band, the band, the, the band, offspring. Yeah. yeah, they were they were my number one thing for a while, so I can't <laughs> you know, I can't just take them out because Hank Steinbrenner gave me a job. If this is the first podcast of ours that you're listening to, this is the kind of very current references <laughs> that you could expect from the New York 20. MySpace, The Offspring. Yeah. We are taking it back to like mid-90s Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. This is the kind of hard-hitting things that you want in a mostly sports podcast. It's important. <laughs> so speaking of mostly sports, is there anything non-sport related before we go that you want to talk about today? Because we haven't gone off on enough tangents. I think we need at least one or two more. Um, well, I was thinking of some before. I, I couldn't really crystallize the idea, but I guess I'll throw it out because half-baked ideas seem to be the theme of the last 15 minutes. Let's go with it. Um, what fictional character would you want to have to run your favorite sports team? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. I wish I had more time to prepare yeah. for this, but I think that that's part of the, the part rough of the and tumble. Um, oh, man, there is a... We're assuming that um, Mark Cuban is not playing a character in his persona like when he's at Spurs games, right? right. Mavericks this games, is, This is a fictional... Yeah, right, Mark okay. Mark Cuban is actually Mark Cuban. Uh, um, even when he plays Mark Cuban on, like, Entourage, he's Right, still, okay, yeah. because he's also on that yeah. show Shark Tank. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's, let's, All right. let's, jump, so let's jump that shark okay. and let's go, uh, <laughs> let's go purely fictional. Uh, all right, um, first instinct. Yeah. First instinct purely. Yeah. Richie Rich. <laughs> okay, <go laughs> Cartoon character Richie this sounds Rich. Sounds like a Met fan who has had the Madoff thing <laughs> drive them crazy. Richie Rich, like I, I think he had like a mountain filled with gold and riches. Yeah, I feel like there is like he would be impervious to a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, he probably or the perfect target to a Ponzi scheme. <sighs> or the guy who facilitated the best Ponzi scheme ever. Yeah. Because he's a child, maybe it started off as like a lemonade stand. I'm not too up on the Richie Rich lineage. I don't, I don't know, know how he came into line. money. He's a kid, he's got a dog, it's named Dollar. Money is important to him. Yeah. I think winning would be important to him because he's be a, a kid. Too cheap with the money? No, I think he's a kid. Yeah. Kids like baseball. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And kids would not like to be made a fool of in front of other people. He's got something to prove. Yeah. I'm going to go with Richie Rich. I think Richie he's a Rich, solid owner. You trust his advisors? Um, I would trust him more than I trust Soul Cats. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> um, Richie Rich, my pick, to run the Mets. I think I would want Professor Xavier to run my team. Ah, that's um, good. I think it's hard to go against a guy who can read, you know, the other, you know, general manager's minds as he's talking to them. That's pretty good. You know, Solid. He can go and get that inside information before making a trade. He can't let it be known that he's Professor Xavier, but I think that's, that's like, the ideal like leader and figurehead for your team, right? That's true. He goes, he reads your mind while you're on the phone with him. He's like, yeah, let me go. What about, um, you know, what about K-Rod? You know, is he available? And the guy's thinking in his head, ah, K-Rod, he just blew out his hamstring, but, you know, he's going to be fine, you know, for now. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Forget K-Rod. You know, let me ask you about this other guy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or let me make you self-conscious about the fact that your wife's cheating on you. And, you know, you're thinking about that for a little while. <laughs> or I can control your mind and just say, no, you're actually you're going to trade me uh, your best player. Mike Trout, Yankees, done. Yeah, you know, that's, you're going to do that. 
That's pretty solid. Professor Xavier, and listen, Glenn Sather might be part like Professor Xavier when it comes to trades because he traded Scott Gomez for Ryan McDonough. And I know you're not a hockey fan, but that is ridiculous. Ryan McDonough might be one of the best defensemen in the, in the NHL. Scott Gomez is one of the worst contracts in the NHL. He scored, I think, two goals from that trade, and Ryan McDonough has like, developed into an elite player. He pulls off trades like that pretty consistently. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. Potentially part telepath and psychic and telekinetic. I don't know. All of those things <laughs> kind of together because of Gene Gray, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, I would go probably Professor X or someone of his ilk. Yeah, that's 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 pretty solid. I will not yeah. dispute that. I see. I was going purely just based on money, but again, yeah. it's probably the Met fan in me that you know yeah. is tired of you know operating the way that we've been operating. Yeah, maybe yeah. Hank Scorpio. I don't know if you've seen that episode of The Simpsons. Uh, Hank Scorpio is no. a good one. No, Tucky, you got something? I was going to say Hank Scorpio. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. all yeah, right. I actually, you have facts based for it. You stole his thunder a bit. Go yeah. ahead. That episode aired in 1996. Okay. Two years later, the Denver Broncos won the Super Bowl. That's fair. Yeah. Denver Broncos Ooh. prominently featured at the end of that episode. He gave him to Homer so he can own the team. Hmm. And uh, Broncos won the Super Bowl. That was right at uh, Terrell Davis and, um, John and John Elway. Yeah. That's interesting. If I had to pick a number two, this one just popped into my head. It doesn't really have the same financial or um, uh, even superhuman things yeah. that we've mentioned already. I just think that he'd be the perfect person to be the figurehead of your, uh, your organization. Maybe better as a GM than yeah. an owner. And uh, he's got enough swag to do it. Don Draper. Ah, all right. Yeah. See, I don't watch Mad Men, so... Yeah, I, no, I, Don I, Draper. I've seen a couple of episodes. He seems like kind of a, a bad word. Um, he's a little unhinged, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. Probably wouldn't fit in maybe today's ownership because yeah. of all the heavy drinking and uh, obvious character flaws that he has. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, listen, he's a very successful businessman. I, I'm, I'm still going to go with Don Draper. Isn't he the kind of guy that might get a little, like, Brett Favre or even Manti Teo'd, you know, into some kind of a scandal? Um, he's he's probably too good to be Manti Teo'd. Yeah. Um, he could definitely be Brett Favre, especially yeah. because, like, you know... In the 60s and 70s, like, nobody cared if you did that stuff. Yeah. So he might be a little too free and easy. Yeah. You know? Like, I'd, I'd be a little afraid of him. I'd be a little reluctant to put him in the I'd roll the dice. Organization. I'd yeah. roll the dice. Well, I want Richie Rich as the owner. I want Don Draper as so my GM. Here's the other thing. Are we talking Mets here? Are we talking Jets? Because I think each of those teams have their own little unique way that they have to be run. I've been thinking Mets the whole time, so let's yeah. go with that. Richie yeah. Rich, I want him to own the Mets. I want Don Draper to run the team. Yeah. I think for, for Xavier, I'd want to have him in charge of the Yankees. Yeah, you know, that makes because sense. Because of their financial might and because of the ability that trades happen all the time in baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, you could, like, sell it like, oh, yeah, we're getting Bobby Abreu for C.J. Henry. And then right. Bobby Abreu is going to get on base at, like, a 400 clip for three seasons for yeah. like, nickels on the dollar. That's that's very you know, true. That but that's what thing happens in baseball. That's what Don Draper does. He sells things. You know, he's yeah. an ad man. Uh, I think fair. he's got that kind of – I think he's got it. That is a, a now, definitely an asset. Would you want – Professor X to run your team as the GM or own your team? Oh, run the team. Run, run the team, team as the, the GM. GM. Yeah. Okay, so then who would your owner be? Uh, owner, I think, well, Hank Scorpio is a good example because he has a ton of money. That's fair. Um, that's probably where I'd go. Uh, if I had to go outside of that, oh, money-wise, uh, Tony Stark. 
Tony, quality. Tony Stark's tough to go again. Quality. Bruce Wayne, another another viable option. Yeah. Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. Although maybe his money doesn't really translate now. Yeah, is that what interest? <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Listen, he had a gold. I know you're not a big wrestling guy. He had yeah. a belt that was covered in jewels. Yeah. Uh, probably fake diamonds because he's a wrestling character. But they were made to be, you know, real diamonds. Yeah. Uh, he'd come out and just try, you know, trick off like hundred dollar bills, and you yeah. know that's kind of cool. So yeah. maybe Ted DiBiase, that's- but yeah. It would have to be with Ted DiBiase <laughs> asterisks with inflation factoring in yeah. <laughs> yeah, the current economic state. Or here's a crazy one. I know yeah. it's not made up, but it might as well be. How about China? We yeah. owe them a ton of money. <laughs> like they seem to, they seem yeah, to be China back in the charged. whole country. So we put China in charge of your favorite sports team. Yeah, I mean, I, they probably have really poor equipment, but at a low cost. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, it would say, yeah, oh, American-made football pads. And then, like, they'd be made in China and fall apart at the first tackle. The concussion thing might go away because guys just might die. (laughs) That's true. From, like, lead poisoning. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Or asbestos somehow. (laughs) That's it. I I don't think we can go any further than that. I think that's it. You've now tied in lead poisoning, (laughs) asbestos-related deaths, from Chinese equipment into the NFL, and that, my friends, is how you do a podcast. Yeah, yeah, or so they say. So thank you for joining us. Next time we might talk about how Matt Harvey had Tommy John surgery. We wanted to get uh, to that. It's on the, the Boston Red Sox and how I hate them, but that's fine. It's not going anywhere. Listen, it's yeah. on the run sheet. They're all going to be here next yeah. time. Yeah, especially the Red Sox, unfortunately. So yeah. with all that, thank you for joining us. I'm Tom. And I'm John. Ducky, any any missed things that you wanted to throw yeah, in with a us? Lot. A lot? So, what do you got real quick? All right. uh, Give us the top hits. One thing, Pittsburgh is in Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Fact. Yes. Yes. We nailed that one. The Jets last won in Pittsburgh in 2010. That was the game. uh, The Jets were still trying to fight for that last spot. Yes. Jason Taylor had to cause a safety in the fourth quarter. That's correct. Okay, yep. Smith returned to kickoff in that game. That Mm -hmm. was the year we lost to Pittsburgh in the playoffs, right? I remember we beat them, and we're like, oh, we beat them so we can beat them again, and then they didn't show up for, you know, two quarters. And all the Jeff fans were like, no, we beat them, so it means we can't beat them again. Uh, Looking forward to the Jets game this weekend, the Steelers' defense is last in sacks, last in interceptions, and last in forced fumbles. So if you're looking at a Geno Smith front, he might have a good week again. Okay. That's, that's pretty good. good. Uh, I like that. Matthias Kiwanuka is also still a giant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's going way back, yeah. 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 Uh, the Bears are second in takeaways. Okay. Seattle is number one. That makes sense. The Giants are number one in giveaways. They have eight more than second place, which is the New York Jets. Eight more? Wow. <laughs> uh, and the most goals scored in an NHL game was the Red Wings versus the Rangers in World War II. Uh, 15 goals were scored. The Rangers wanted to have the game canceled because they had a back-to-back game already, (laughs) and their roster was decimated by World War II veterans (laughs) current soldiers, I should say. Where was the game played? Uh, Yeah, you said in World War II. Did they play, like, in occupied Poland? Like, I would imagine that's difficult to do. That was was before it was called the Stanley Cup. It was, like, the Auschwitz Cup. (laughs) Ooh, that's All tough. Right. Yeah? That is tough. Anything else? Did we miss anything else? No, that's, I mean, I could have nitpicked, but that was basically the wrong yeah. All right, well, fair uh, enough. 15 goals by all by the Red Wings? Consecutive. It was 15 nothing. Oh, my God. Oof. That is way worse. So there you go, Ranger fans. Yeah. Um, you know, it could have been that, and we could be uh, in the midst of a global <laughs> conflict yeah. at the same time, which is way worse than this is now. You know, we just don't have a federal government, which yeah. is... A whole other thing. We're getting there. We're working on it. Yeah. We're getting close to another war. (laughs) 
Anyway, I'm Tom. And I'm John. Thanks a lot, guys. New York 20, thanks very much. <laughs> the New York 20 is brought to you by China. Woman Bushi Zai Kaiwan Zai Cho. Woman Dai Shang Mai Ben Gonglu. Ran Hao Zai NFL. Ni Bunzen Zhu Woman. <laughs>